G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are doing part three of the rotation projections with the Pacific Division. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are talking some more minutes projections, some lineup projections uh, for the upcoming fantasy basketball season. Going through the first Western Conference teams in the Pacific Division today, so um, again, like I've explained the last couple of ones, if you haven't watched them, by the way, make sure you check them out there um, on the podcast channels or the YouTube channel. Check them out, put them, put them on your list, and then uh, and then come back to this one. We are talking about the teams that I feel as though they're a bit more set in stone, less trades going on. There might be a team in here that that might be a bit more, um, you know, likely to to make some moves, but. Hopefully, there, there's no change between when I record this and when the, the video comes out. So, uh, disclaimer, I'm recording this on the 17th of August, um, and we are going from here. We're going to start today, like we said, Pacific Division. We're talking first the Golden State Warriors. So, unfortunately, the reigning champs who beat my uh, Boston Celtics um, last year, I think... The starting lineup, we all kind of know. We all kind of know what's going to happen here. Again, we're assuming everyone's healthy, and I think everyone is on this team to start the season. We got Steph Curry at point guard, Clay at shooting guard, Andrew Wiggins at small forward, Draymond at power forward, Kevon Looney at center. I think the biggest thing here is that obviously no Jordan Poole in the starting lineup. Poole was someone who benefited a lot from circumstance last year. At the start of the season, obviously, there was no clay. Um, down the stretch, Steph missed a lot of time. Um, so, Poole started a lot more games than he came off the bench. But when they both were healthy, um, Poole did come off the bench. So, when Steph and Clay were both in the lineup, Poole came off the bench and his minutes were affected as a result of that. So, I think we still see Steph obviously getting his 33, 34 minutes a night. Clay, I think you're going to get at least 30 minutes from him. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Again, same kind of thing. He's versatile. He can play a little bit at the four as well. You're probably going to get 31 minutes from him. Draymond is the guy that maybe they they nurse a little bit. He had some injury issues last year. Um, He seems to be um, getting fewer minutes than some of these other guys. Um, So I've got him at 29. And then Kevon looting at 22. I think he he showed some really good signs in the playoffs this year. And um, we forget that he's actually a really young player. He's not old by any stretch. He looks like an old guy. I I keep thinking that he's he's been around for a little while, but he's um, he's still young. He's he's like right in the prime of his career. Um, So I think that he's still definitely worthy of at least the 22 minutes that I've projected here, Um, uh, which unfortunately means no James Wiseman in the starting lineup for... Those of you who are hoping for that, I don't think that we're going to see that, uh, and I don't think he's going to be getting major minutes either. So we all kind of know what we're getting with these guys. I think the interesting one here is Clay. 
obviously, when we when he came back. He actually put up some decent numbers. Obviously, you're going to get the Elite Threes. You're just not going to get a whole lot else. You know, you might get your 20 points per night, you know, three and a half threes uh, per game, four threes per game, uh, excellent free throw percentage. Just not a whole lot else. Uh, someone who... His ranking, I think, doesn't reflect his value to most teams. Again, like I've said before, threes are easy to find on the waiver wire. So I just, I bump him down my board a little bit more compared to what he's quote-unquote ranked as. Um, I'm a little worried with, not worried, but I'm worried Steph might be overhyped coming into seasons um, like this. I I know Callum was keen on him. He had him at at three on our on our first round mock draft, I've got him a bit further down the the first round rankings. I think he's more of a mid to late first round guy, um, just with a few other guys that I think have higher per game upside. Um, I think obviously they're not going to be pushing him to high minutes this season. Uh, there might be a little bit of resting. I'm not thinking there's going to be like a championship hangover or anything like that, but. There's just no need for him to really extend himself more than than he has to. And I think 34 minutes is probably on the high side of his projections, uh, to be honest. So um, that's where I see those guys there. Going to the bench, this is where we talk about Jordan Poole, who's their sixth man, obviously. Kaminga, I think, is going to be getting more minutes this year. Same with James Wiseman, who's going to be back. Moses Moody, I believe, is a regular rotation guy. And Dante DiVincenzo, who they signed recently. So... I think Poole, I've got him projected at 27 minutes here. I think he was, a, from memory, a 30-plus minute-a-night guy last year. Coming off the bench last year, he was closer to 25 minutes per night when Clay and Steph were both healthy. So I've got him a little bit more than that. But I'm a little worried about Poole. I, he's got a fair bit of downside to go from last season, obviously, there's just a lot of mouths to feed on this Warriors lineup, especially, obviously, Clay and Steph taking a lot of the shots away from him. We saw them favor those guys in the playoffs um, due to Poole's sort of uh, defense questions, question marks. He's still going to obviously have his games where he gets hot and he goes crazy. Um, but just from a consistency point of view, I don't know how much you can rely on Jordan Poole this season and um, less excited than I was last year. Um, I still think that he's. It won't be long, really, before Poole's going to be a better player than Clay if he isn't already. Um, just as a bit more of a dynamic ball handler and playmaker, Clay is obviously a better defender um, and a bigger body, which which is very valuable, especially in this team when you've got players like Steph there. So it'll be an interesting one to watch. Obviously, injuries can happen and those things change it up. But again, I'm assuming health. Everyone's healthy right now. You kind of have to assume health because, again, you don't know who's going to get injured. Poole might be the one that gets injured. You, you just don't know. Um, so I think Poole is someone I can see having a bit of regression from his numbers, numbers last year. So keep that in mind. Um, James Wiseman, let's talk about him. I think he's going to be exclusively a backup center. And, and I we also have to remember to account for the small ball lineups that they like to run with Draymond and I think Kaminga maybe a little bit as well. So 22 minutes for Looney, 18 minutes for Wiseman, that gives you 40. You've got eight minutes then of small ball, so four minutes per half. I think that's basically what they're going to do. Even if you flip those around, it's still probably not enough for James Wiseman to get into standard league uh, relevancy. So again, he's he's probably 
He's not the worst fly you can take at the end of the draft, but I think that there are just a lot of other guys that I'd rather prefer. So for me, he's not a standard league guy. Uh, and then my guy, Moses Moody, I think he's going to be a regular rotation guy this year. Um, not enough to trouble fantasy leagues in the standard sense, but in a dynasty, I, I do think um, dynasty managers will see him uh, regularly play minutes. And it'll be good to see what he can do. And, and, and I'm excited to see him start to, to earn more and more trust from this this organization and, and get more and more minutes. Um, the bench unit here between Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody, that's an exciting future, man. Like, that's... Um, you know, the Warriors, they've obviously had a great dynasty for, for many years, but the future is looking bright just as just the same as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, scary times to be going up against the Warriors. Let's go over starting at the LA teams now. We've got two LA teams that are hard to, hard to figure out for opposite reasons. <laughs> the Clippers, man, they are deep, man. They, they are deep as... Um, obviously, starting lineup, you've got Kawhi and Paul George there. That's obvious. You've got Ivica Zubac there, who's basically the only center on this rotation. The other two starting roster spots are up for debate. I've gone, I've gone with Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris as my starters. Um, I think Reggie just plays a little better with Kawhi and Paul George than John Wall would. I think John Wall may be better suited as a coming off the bench, kind of having the ball in his hands a little more, a bit more usage without those guys there. Reggie Jackson's maybe a better spot-up shooter. Um, so that's why I've got him over there. Marcus Morris, uh, if it was me coaching, I'd probably have someone like Covington or Batum in there. But I think Marcus Morris just kind of has that, I don't know, he always just seems to get those minutes. So I just, I just feel like they're going to go to him. I don't know, he's got that perception of being a good defender, even though I don't know if he is really anymore. I like Marcus Morris. Obviously, he played a big role the Celtics uh, back in the day. So, always got love for him. But I just, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sold on that one. Um, basically, outside of Paul George and Kawhi, there's not a whole lot of fantasy value on this team because the minutes are all over the shop. They've got like 12 guys that should be getting rotation minutes on this team. And it's just so hard to pick who's going to get them and who's going to get them on any given night and who's going to get enough of the minutes as well as the usage. Like the usage is just going to be spread out on this team as well as dominated by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So there's just not a whole lot to love from a fantasy point of view on this roster. The one guy I do want to talk about though, Ivica Zubac. Now, I've got him projected here for 30 minutes a night, um, which is probably on the higher side of what I've seen. But I just, if, if he's playing 30 minutes a night, I don't see them running a backup center. Like, they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be playing Moses Brown. Um, so that means you've then got 18 minutes a night where you're playing small ball with a Covington or a Marcus Morris as your center. And I don't know, I don't think you can run much more than that. Like, you, I don't think you can get away with running 20, 20, um, 25 minutes or 24 minutes with a small ball center um, in the regular season, that is. In the playoffs, maybe yes. But in the regular season, I think you want to um, you want to run Zubas out there for 30 minutes. Last year, he had a really good backup in Hartenstein. And I think that the reason he wasn't playing many minutes because Hartenstein was actually really good. Um, he might have even been better than Zubat. So I think now that there's no one even close to his level behind him, I can really see some some value in Zubats, and he's definitely someone who should be drafted. Um, he's not going to blow you away with anything crazy, but I think he can give you close to a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and, you know, block, block and a half, good percentages. His, his free throw percentage is nice as well. So... Um, 
someone who won't really hurt you anywhere, but give you those classic big man stats. And there's just, there's just no real threat to his minutes, really. Um, so I do like Zubac there later in drafts. Not a super high upside guy, but someone who definitely can give you some solid safe big man stats. Uh, and on the bench, you've got, I've got Norman Powell here off the bench playing 26 minutes a night. Some people might be keen on him. I'm not. He's, again, a guy that needs the usage. He needs the points. He needs the ball in his hands. He's probably... He's probably the third highest guy in usage behind Kawhi and Paul on this team. I mean, maybe Marcus Morris, maybe John Wall, if he really just hogs it. But if there's just too much uncertainty, and his value is too tied to that usage that I don't love it. He He's a late-round guy at best for me. So he might be the fourth guy that I draft. Covington in a deeper format, maybe if we start to hear that he's he is going to be playing like 20 plus minutes a night as a as a small ball center but it's just it's really murky i'm really not confident in these projections a lot compared to a lot of the other ones um like i've i don't have terence mann bj boston kofi in this in this lineup at all i've only got canard getting 12 minutes and batum getting 15 minutes it's just it's hard to find a way to make all of these minutes work uh so yeah, not a whole lot to really get excited for. John Wall, we should mention. 24 minutes a night I've got listed for him here. I think he and Reggie Jackson are going to split time pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see... Look, if John Wall was able to come out and get 30 minutes a night, he, he, he would have value. Yeah, he, he probably would. He'd have the assists value. Um, he'd probably have the points and steals value a little bit as well. He'd murder your field goal percentage and your, your turnovers, but you just pump those categories and that's fine. I just don't see it happening, especially not early on. If something happens to Reggie, then then yeah, he's someone you, you'd pick up and you'd have a look at because he can still play. Um, but at this stage, I, I do think that they're going to be splitting the minutes and it's going to be a bit of a timeshare at point guard and as it is uh, with a lot of these positions for the, the Clippers. So to go from one hard lineup to the next, the LA Lakers for a very different reason... My God, this le- this lineup is trash. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for any Lakers fans out there, uh, but geez, look at this lineup. Just look at the starting lineup. Yeah, okay, you've got LeBron James. Cool, amazing. You've got Anthony Davis. Cool, amazing. Look at the rest. Um, we all saw what happened with West- Russell Westbrook last year. I've been harping on Russell Westbrook is not a good player for years. He's never going to take a step down. He doesn't get it. He doesn't. He's not going to take a step back. He he still thinks that he's a star. He still thinks that he needs the ball in his hands and and he can do it all. And I just he just can't. He's he's not that guy anymore. Um. So, but <laughs> who else are you going to put out there? So I've still got him as starting guard and playing thirty two minutes a night. So, uh, we'll see how that works out. But and he has value in fantasy. He has value in a team where you're punting turnovers, you're punting free throw percentage. You, you have him. He, he's going to give you rebounds. He's going to give you assists. He's going to give you decent points. You'll get a little bit of steals there. Um, so he does still have value. Um, because LeBron's on his team, he's not going to soak up your um, field goal percentage that much. In a punt free throw team, you should have good field goal percentage anyway. So I think he is someone still to, to have in that in that kind of a team build. Um, LeBron James, obviously, we love LeBron. He's up there. Anthony Davis, um, uh, 
someone calling the other day Data Davis. Uh, I think that was a an excellent nickname. <laughs> um, so I love that. But obviously, he's the, got the potential to be the number one fantasy player in the comp. But the free throw percentage is something that's been there for two seasons now. I'm not expecting that to return. I think it would be irresponsible to sort of project that to go back up into the high 70s, 80s like it was. Um, so that limits his value and makes him a punt free throw guy. But yeah, outside of that, there is, it is barren, man. Like I've got Lonnie Walker as a starting shooting guard. I could have had Austin Reeves there or Taylor Horton Tucker. I don't think it really matters. They're probably going to get minutes in the mid to low 20s anyway. They're just going to be throwing stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. Um, Thomas Bryant, some people might get excited about. I don't think I'm going to get very excited. I don't think he plays very many minutes. You're going to get some minutes, I would hope, of Anthony Davis at center. Uh, Damien Jones is actually someone who I don't mind. He should be getting some backup minutes. So, um, yeah, it's just a whole lot of whatever on this team, man. You've got LeBron. You've got AD. And then you've got Westbrook for those punt free throw percentage teams. And that's that's all you really have to worry about. Uh, in deeper leagues, sure, you can have a look at Austin Reeves and Horton Tucker. Lonnie Walker might give you some threes and some points, but just really not much to get very excited about at all for the Lakers. Uh, sorry, Lakers fans. Um, I, I do... Uh, I'd lie if I said I, I didn't like seeing the the Lakers fans. Uh, sorry, the the Lakers team struggle a little bit as a as a Celtics supporter. Because let's face it, you guys you guys had a good run. Okay, it's it's all right to to not have some some good teams every once in a while. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the next team, the Phoenix Suns. Pretty boring team. Nothing's really changed on this this roster at all. The only thing, obviously, I've got the same starting five as previously. Um, you'll see it on screen there. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and John Dre Aiden. Don't think they're going to change anything. They're running it back. The only thing I will say is that they lost um, Jarell McGee from their um, backup center position, and they're getting back Dario Saric from injury. So I think that that means, in my opinion, that the backup center is probably a little bit less reliable. Um, Dario Saric obviously missed a lot of time. So I think that Aiton's minutes might creep up a little bit. Uh, I think he got about 30 minutes a night or 29 minutes a night last season. I can see that boosting up by two or three. Might increase his value a little bit. But again, DeAndre Aiden, I'm not too excited about. There was obviously the the um, uh, the, the chess match between him and the, the front office with his contract and, and the, the extension and, and re-signing him. Um, obviously, they, they, they did re-sign him. Um, but... Who knows, maybe he's traded by the deadline. But at the start of the season, I do expect him to get at minimum 30 minutes. But I I do think that he could see an increase in his playing time. And I also have just projected Chris Paul to just lose a couple of minutes because he's bloody 38 years old. (laughs) He's Yeah, come on, man. Chris Paul, you're you're on a good team. You don't need to be playing more than that, in my opinion. Um, Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges will be leading the way in terms of minutes on this team. On the bench... Cameron Johnson's going to keep doing his six-man role. And then you've got Payne, Shamit, and Saric as a tight nine-man rotation. I don't really see... Maybe Toy Craig gets in there. Damian Lee. Um, maybe uh, a Jock Landale if, if, if Saric isn't there. But again, these guys... Outside of Cameron Johnson as a, as a threes streamer or in a roto league, if you, you, you're worried about your turnovers, you want some good percentages and threes and decent points, he's someone that, that could be up there, but low upside. I'm not 
not too excited about that. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last one here, guys. Uh, the Sacramento Kings. Bits to talk about here. Uh, my boy, Darren Fox, or he was my boy last season, uh, unfortunately. I, I, I'm sorry if I talked you into him uh, last year. I, I was... It was weird, man. Like, it's frustrating because we've seen we've seen him break out the second half of the season in two consecutive years now. And that was the reason I was excited about him last year because back end of the season, put up huge numbers, close to 30 points a night, seven assists, a steal and a half, um, good field goal percentage, um, you know, uh, three and a half to two threes a game. He, he's a good player, like he, he, in fantasy. He's a good player, puts up good stats. Um, but then obviously pouting a bit last year. I think I've, I've got him at 34 minutes, leading the team in minutes this year. Um, again, I think... Hope, hopefully he starts the year like he finished last year. There's no excuses this time around. He's going to be dominating the ball. Uh, in the starting lineup, I've got him starting next to Kevin Cuerta, um, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, the rookie, and Demantis Sabonis. So I've got David Mitchell coming off the bench. So really, Fox is the main guy. He's the lead ball handler. You're not going to get much out of Kevin Cuerta in terms of uh, ball handling. So De'Aaron Fox will have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, this team is lacking a lot of defense, so they're going to play very fast. They're going to rely on their offense a lot. So I am expecting, maybe hoping, foolishly hoping, might be the better way to phrase it, that Darren Fox picks up where he left left off last season, uh, which is an excellent guy to have, especially in a punt free throw build. Um, So he's there. Kevin Huerta, I've got him. He's probably the only contentious one. Um, He or Malink Monk or Davion Mitchell as that shooting guard. I think Huerta's shooting is probably just the thing that they really need on this roster to help Sabotis and Fox out. Uh, And he's played that kind of a role before, 28 minutes a night. Uh, Not super fantasy relevant, but um, just more so how he impacts the other guys. Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, I think should start day one. Should, uh, I think, is the, the key word there. I mean, maybe they do something funky with Holmes at center and Sabonis at power forward, but I don't think so. Last year, Holmes was basically a backup center only, so I do think that Sabonis will be the center again, which makes Keegan Murray or, or Barnes, whichever way you think about it, they're going to be the wings um, there, and I think that they'll... Uh, or Barnes will play a little bit at the small forward, a little bit at the power forward when Murray goes to the bench. Um, so... Be interesting to see how they work out. Keegan Murray's got some upside. He definitely does. He's someone we definitely should be drafting. Um, I'm wondering if the defensive stats carry over. We didn't see a lot of it at Summer League. It'll be interesting. He's obviously going to be, at best, the third guy in this team in terms of usage. Probably more likely the fourth guy behind Harrison Barnes as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how he goes. I think there's definitely going to be value there, but... But just be careful not to get too carried away and too excited with with Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes is just going to do his thing. He's he's going to be your your standard guy who's points threes and, and not a whole lot else. Not a whole lot to get very excited about Harrison Barnes. Uh, bench Davian Mitchell. Uh, I think he probably comes back a little bit in minutes with the Huerta and Monk um, signing. I think that. Last year, there was a few injuries, and, and the end of last year, Darren Fox went out and things like that, so he was pushed into a really big role, really did well. He's he's outperformed what I thought he would do to this point in this year, but I ultimately still think that he's a sixth man. He's a great defender. He's a better shooter than I than I thought he would be at this point in his career, so he's going to have a prominent role. Um, 25 is maybe on the... Uh, 
he could be a little bit higher than this, but I could also see maybe a bit lower. But I think either way, it's back-end standard league at best uh, if you need those assists and steals. Um, I'm not expecting a huge jump from Davion Mitchell or, or even really for him to keep up what he did at the end of last season. I think we can almost see a bit of a step back from what we saw uh, second half of last year. Rashawn Holmes, unfortunately, will be just a backup center, in my opinion, 15 minutes a night to strictly back up. Sabonis is 33. Uh, he is definitely a candidate that if he gets moved, he is someone to grab immediately if he finds himself in a bigger role, but on the Kings at this stage, um, not fantasy relevant. So maybe just a watch list guy. And Terrence Mann and Chemezi Metu just ran out of rotation. Of course, no fantasy relevance there. Um, that will do it for us today, guys. Um, if you have any questions, disagreements, comments, make sure you leave it in the comments section on YouTube. Give us a big thumbs up. And again, I'm going to keep asking you guys, if you can, spare one minute out of your day. Um, go over to the iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts um, portion of the show and give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you love about uh, the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Show uh, and that will help us bring you more good fantasy content in the preseason and into the season as well. Uh, and again, if you haven't already, make sure you uh, follow me on Twitter for uh, live up-to-date uh, fantasy analysis, especially once the season starts. We'll have some more goodies coming your way. Uh, we're going to keep rolling through these minutes projections, lineup projections um, in the preseason, and then we can start to talk about our mock drafts and busts and um, uh, sleepers. Until next time, laters. Laters.